Starcourt Study Hall contains spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And this is Starcourt Study Hall. Today is a big day. It sure is. It- <laughs> Why is it a big day, Marina? It is a big day because today is our 30th Starcourt Study Hall episode. Woo! Applause, applause. Let's. <laughs> we live for it. The Yay applause. For- yes. <laughs> yeah, so this is our 30th. Star Wars Study Hall episode. <laughs> and today we are going to be talking about chapter five of season two, Dig Dug. Or as Marina called it on <laughs> the name of our Google Calendar event, Diglet Dugward. Yes, William the Wise Byers. <laughs> His government name, Diglet Dugward. I think that. For the sake of time, we should dive right in. I agree. <laughs> this is a take, big one. take it away. Okay. So, so this episode, as have all the others of season two, aired on October 27th, 2017. And this episode, unlike many of the others, was written by Jesse Nixon Lopez and directed by Andrew Stanton. That is a plot twist. I know. Big plot twist. So, as we do, here is our Netflix summary that is extremely informational and just gives away so much. (laughs) So, Nancy and Jonathan swap conspiracy theories with a new ally as Eleven searches for someone from her past. Bob the Brain tackles a difficult problem. Okay. Not too bad. No, it's not awful. No. So, for some fast facts, I didn't really have any fast facts about the episode itself, but something about this director's name sounded really familiar to me. I don't know why. So, I just decided to Google him. And the director of this episode, his name is Andrew Stanton. He has directed, written, produced, and even contributed some voice acting to several Pixar movies. He Hmm. was the voice, I know, he was the voice of Emperor Zurg in Toy Story 2. He was the voice of Crush and of the iconic seagulls in Finding Nemo. So he voiced the turtle and the seagulls? Yes, he is the mine the mine guy. Mine. Wow. Mine. Yeah. Mine. <laughs> he ended up directing for Stranger Things after being a huge fan of season one. He reached out to Sean Levy and expressed interest and wanted to... <laughs> Why are you making that face? Well, I'm sorry. We're huge fans of season one through four. <laughs> Can we do something here? <laughs> Well, we also didn't direct Finding Nemo. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. That's that's like one minor thing. We're not we, we're not qualified. That we've never directed anything in our lives, but, <laughs> other than this podcast. <laughs> All right, um, fair enough. But yeah, that's how he ended up on season two. He knew Sean Levy, I guess, through the Hollywood grapevine, and here he is. All right, fine. Yeah, pretty cool. 
Andrew. Andrew. So we can get into our scene by scene breakdown. Not a moment too soon. We gotta. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> All right. Just bu- buckle in, everyone. Buckle in. Yep. <laughs> So we open on the outside of the buyer's house as we hear the phone trilling a few times. Then we get Hopper's wonderful outgoing voicemail message. Inside, Joyce takes a closer look at one of Will's incomprehensible scribbles, trying to figure out where it fits. We discover that the entire house is covered in these drawings and all connected with tape. Joyce wanders into Jonathan's bedroom where she finds a spot for the drawing. I have a question about this. Have you ever done a puzzle? I have. You ever gotten down to the last piece of it? Yeah, I think so. Right? And you got one piece and there's Mm -hmm. a hole and you put it in the hole. Okay. Is Joyce not down to the last piece of the puzzle here? That's kind of what it looks like, right? How does she not know where the one hole is? (laughs) Well, I guess like maybe there's some like tunnels or lines that are like not rounded out or whatever like so it could go on the end of one maybe true yeah i don't know right but yeah that's a that's a great point because there's just a gaping hole in this map it's just she's like walking around like squinting like where could it be where does it go and meanwhile it's like completely incomprehensible like this is like if you're putting together one of those like whiteout puzzles yes like (laughs) right how, how could you possibly know where that goes somebody get this this in the moma like this right. whole thing that we've got going on it's here. pretty impressive it is so the the music here i'm sure our soundtrack dealer probably knows what it is but it sounds like a remix of lamps to me yes did you so, hear that too yeah so it's actually called the spy and it's not it's not smuggled music it's, it's real it's real it's on the soundtrack and it sounds very similar to one blink for yes and lights that's what it is not lamps yes yeah I was looking at lamps and lights and one blink and yeah. all those. And it's one blink and lights. Cool. Okay. Yep. When Joyce wanders into Jonathan's room to fill in this puzzle, I had this thought, which honestly is not like anything new, but Joyce has not seen or heard from Jonathan in days. <laughs> days at this point. <laughs> What's the last day? Like, okay. The season started, what, like the day before Halloween or something yeah ish so so he came home after i believe after dropping off nancy and then came home party yes came home went to school the next day yeah and then skipped school with nancy that's it we haven't seen him since since november 1st (laughs) (laughs) joyce hasn't seen him yeah we have and it's it's now the third right i think so no the second it's the second yeah it's the second so it hasn't been days but he has been gone at least one night overnight and she does not know where he is she doesn't give a shit no she's busy he likes she's got other things yeah Yeah. so across the hall will is trying to tell mike what he is feeling will is drenched in sweat and explains that he feels and sees what the shadow monster does he tells mike that the monster is reaching into hawkins more and more and that he is beginning to feel more connected to him Mike asserts that maybe this can be a good thing. Will can spy on the shadow monster to know his next moves. Will realizes that this means the monster may be able to spy back, but Mike assures him that they won't let him. Love how Mike is just trying his best with the silver lining here. I know. While Will is like trembling and sweating, he's like, Mike, now is not the time. <laughs> but, keep, but keep touching my hand, though. That's fine. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> on a serious note though yeah. we've said this before and we will probably say it a dozen more times seeing their closeness in season two really makes their growth apart in season three and four harder to think about i know i know especially from will's perspective yes he's the only one mike is the only one who has been there for him throughout all of this hullabaloo i know speaking of the the shaking and all of that i just have to say again something we've said time and time again but noah's acting here Mm -hmm. is like amazing like he his leg is going his arm Mm -hmm. is shaking he's choking up he has like single tears rolling down Mm -hmm. his cheek as he talks and he's also not looking at mike at all he's just Mm -mm. staring straight ahead it's just so good he's got all of the physiological responses to fear yes yeah like we hear later yes or i'm sorry like we heard in the last episode before yes 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 so back in the tunnels hopper slowly traverses the gross viney and squishy terrain he nervously brandishes his gun while attempting to not breathe in upside down confetti that gets (laughs) that gets spat at him by a seemingly sentient flower with a mouth hopper (laughs) coughs profusely and collapses as we see his only point of exit close up above him this scene reminds me a little bit of the figment ride in disney world yeah it's like a, a disgusting 4d amusement park ride <laughs> i i have to i have like a weird relationship with figment he was just like such a, a memory from my childhood when we went back to disney last march i was just upset i like as soon as we went to epcot i beelined for the figment ride yeah you were one track mind figment. i was i was all about figment and I still have a figment stuffed animal that watches me sleep every night. Imagination. That's right. It's it's the spitting flower, though, you know, that's like. Yep. It's gross. It's really 4D. I I feel like we never got closure on like what these things actually are. Like, are they in the upside down, too? Is that where the confetti comes from? Like, what? What's the deal? I don't know. It reminds me of the scene in star wars i think it's a new hope when they're in the trash compactor you know and the walls start Mm. to close in on them and that little like creature's eye comes up like a periscope and starts to like look at them yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's just like this flower he's like and it's like "Mm, all right get out of here (laughs) this flower makes the fauna and the flora part of Mm. the fauna and flora remember we were like well what kind of flora really is there clearly Mm mm-hmm Clearly, there are flowers that, but it spit. makes it right. But it makes it tricky because it seems like it's sentient. Yeah, like it doesn't like this dude. Yeah, so it spits at him. I mean, uh, sentience. Yeah, hive mind, all that. I just want to say before we move on, Shadow in the Tunnel is playing, and it Ooh. is a real song. Oh, all right, we're we're like doing good on the real songs this time. This chapter is good on the real <laughs> songs. Weird. Yeah, it is a little weird. There's one I'm pretty sure from our from our friend. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So over at a sketchy looking motel, Nancy and Jonathan pull up and head inside. They assert that they need one room with two beds. 
Don't get it twisted. Motel front desk lady. Okay. <laughs> in their room, they sit on their separate beds like a couple in a 50s sitcom. <laughs> Approximately. The Brady Bunch. That's what it looks like. They're like four feet apart, but yes. in different beds. They compare palm scars from their Demogorgon battle and get into a weird flirtatious measuring contest while touching hands. Ooh. Nancy expresses regret over the pair not becoming romantically involved, asserting that she waited a month before going back to Steve. A jo- whole month, Nance. Yep. Jonathan whines that it was only a month, to which Nancy turns away from him and asks him to turn the light off. The measuring contest? Mm-hmm. Just, it was, literally, Nancy is making a dick joke, and Jonathan is just saying congratulations. I know. <laughs> He couldn't even be like, I'll show you something bigger. Right? Like, right? hello. Like, Come on, JB. What are we doing here? That was your in. Like, she literally. Literally. Your in. <laughs> There's Jonathan. a reason all these episodes are marked as explicit people, okay? Yes, Jonathan. You Get missed it in. You missed the in. They're at an in. <gasps> wow. <laughs> he really missed it. I mean, you know, obviously it works out just fine, but. <laughs> He really, he missed his shot because, okay, he could have had this hotel room to himself or now they have to do it at Murray's. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Literally, Jonathan. I know. Missed she, opportunity. She was being so flirty. Like, that was his chance. Mine's bigger. Congratulations. Congratulations. Like, like Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. Like she was clearly flirting. Clearly. clearly. Yep. I know. Um, I also had to say that the 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 plexiglass is kind of funny at the front desk. Yes, it just reminded it me of today. I was like, wow, they, they're really ahead of the curve with the plexiglass there. It's pretty cool. That was left over from the Spanish influenza <laughs> from nineteen eighteen. From nineteen eighteen, <laughs> they still left. <laughs> yeah, HR was like, uh, the employees can have the plexiglass. Yeah, they can just keep that. It's too expensive to go back and take it out. So exactly, exactly. The and HR obvious- of this motel. Yeah, and obviously nothing has been updated since then. So no, no. Uh, okay. I am also not putting my feet or my legs in these beds. Absolutely not. Those sheets have, again, not been washed since the Spanish influenza, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Somebody come fumigate this hotel room. I was actually just talking to Eli yesterday about bed bugs, which, like, did they exist in the 80s? I don't know. But... (laughs) What do you mean? Of course they did. I feel like they had, like, some sort of... a modern invention? No. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they had some sort of weird, like, resurgence in, like the 2000s like i'd never really <laughs> heard of bed bugs until like the 2000s is that just me I don't a resurgence of bed bugs like cicadas like maybe they were like okay. hibernating i don't know i'm gonna go out on a limb and say bed bugs have been around for quite a while i yeah you're probably right i and this motel has them <laughs> yeah they, they do i was just talking about them yesterday though because i saw online they sell this product it's like little stickers and I guess they heat up with, like, whatever is in, like, icy hot, I guess. So they, like, produce heat. And if you just stick it on the mattress, within a couple minutes, you'll know if there's bed bugs because they like heat. So they go That's right That's disgusting. To it. It's horrifying, but it's better than manually checking or finding out the hard way. Or calling a bed bug exterminator. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you're at a hotel. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not, like, in your house. Yeah, can I get a bed bug exterminator to 4B, please? Yeah. <laughs> 
I feel like you would know if they were in your like you'd find out in one night pretty much if you had bed bugs at your house. So yeah, 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 yeah. yucky. Yeah, but anyway, that's an interesting product. If you're traveling, might want to look into that. Yeah. On a more serious note, the scene I like the on or off reference from season one. Yeah. With the light, I also think it's kind of funny how Jonathan originally deflects and is like, "Well, Will needed me," and really we know that he was just trying to spare nancy's feelings yeah because he then eventually says and you know and steve and then nancy legitimately gets defensive like no wonder jonathan was trying to spare your feelings two minutes ago nancy yeah because she knew that he knew that you would be pissed if you brought steve into it yep yep so jonathan they're trying his best right i was gonna say they're both not in the wrong but there's there's issues with both sides here yes jancy jancy but we'll get into that next week Mm. i'm pretty excited at the buyers will startles awake still quite sweaty mike is asleep on the floor and he wakes up and asks will what's wrong they both make their way to joyce who is sitting on the living room floor in a daze will lets her know that he saw hopper in his now memories and that he is in danger of dying scary it is scary (laughs) it's joyce is joyce meditating yeah i don't know what she's doing is this a magic circle like what are we doing here i don't know she's just staring off into the distance sitting the on the floor yeah yeah like sitting joyce it's gonna be okay sweetie every season she's got to have a moment where she's sitting next to the phone i guess yeah but she's on the floor like yeah. why what is like, she doing why not just sit in a chair with the phone <laughs> she's I, waiting I for hopper to call yeah yeah but i don't know why on the floor nor do i I mentioned in one of our last episodes that I had another Bloodborne reference. Oh. And this is it. The moment that Will wakes up, uh, we get the <laughs> the sound effect from Bloodborne for visceral attack. It is the same sound effect as the visceral attack sound effect in the that game. That is so specific. I know. It's really weird. But, like, I've heard it enough times when Eli is playing the game that, like, I, <laughs> I just have, like, an immediate reaction. I was like, wait, Bloodborne? like right. a soundboard right yeah it's weird like the um, baby laughing yes or like that specific baby cry yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so that's uh, our other bloodborne reference for the season and I, okay. I i think some other video game sounds um do appear throughout the series but i don't know what the heck they are i feel like will seeing hopper dying reminds me of when harry sees voldemort's snake killing arthur weasley Okay, I, <laughs> I'm in the middle of my like quarterly Harry Potter watch, and we just passed that part. In um, the Half-Blood Prince? Yeah. Or is that Order of the Phoenix? Actually, no, yeah, it is Order of the Phoenix. It's Order saying. of the Phoenix. Yeah, we just, we just, we're on um, Half-Blood Prince now, but yeah. Yeah, wild. That just happened. Just watch it yep. today. Yeah. Also, Mike stayed over, so there was a night in between the dumpster diving day okay so yeah i was wrong they were not in their end of season outfits yet but max is again wearing the red jacket okay yeah i I can get i get that the red like i mean mike is technically in his end of season outfit because he doesn't go back home yeah from that dumpster day he comes straight to the buyers dumpster day dumpster day (laughs) (laughs) yeah he comes straight to the buyers after that so he's still he was in his end of season outfit that day but the rest did, they didn't give weren't. him like clothes like you don't think will's clothes would have fit him yeah right Pro- i mean maybe been like a little short but other than that <laughs> probably, you know crop tops were cool on guys 
crop tops are always cool on guys <laughs> mike is like 13 yeah that's okay fair <laughs> i feel like that's like a a guy in your 20s thing in the 80s to wear a crop yeah top. for sure <laughs> okay anyway in the tunnels hopper also awakens with a start he vomits and makes his way to his flashlight and hat he realizes his entry hole was cl- <laughs> why did i write it like that i don't know i don't know why you did that but you did that is entry hole (laughs) you can't say entry hole i know i can't (laughs) you can't do it just leave it out you don't have to mention that okay okay just ignore it we don't need to know it okay um he cuts off the sleeve of his jacket to make a mask to avoid the confetti Coming upon two paths, he takes the road less traveled, (laughs) and it made all the difference. (laughs) He intelligently leaves a trail of pieces of cigarette behind him, and we see a tentacle slash vine making its way downtown, following behind Hopper. Hopper should know better than to pass out in the upside down with his mouth agape. I know, ew. You've seen what comes out of people's mouths in the upside down when they're in their agape. Not cute good thing he made a little mask after he woke up very smart very smart i never processed the cigarette trail like that i never processed that he uses them and i'm just like imagining the vines being like sir sir this is a this is a non-smoking section (laughs) you can (laughs) please get this out of here get the please refrain from smoking in the upside down it's really it's not safe to breathe in that no in this extremely clean environment (laughs) (laughs) secondhand confetti please do do not pollute it's very safe no i also think and we the only reason i bring this up is because of our mbti for dropper we really get to see his resourcefulness and like his ability to think on his feet in this scene he makes literally something out of nothing he's just got nothing on his person and he figures it out yeah it is impressive Yeah, he's got cigarettes, he rips off a piece of cloth, and he's good to go. And he finds a leg bone in a future scene. (laughs) Yes, he does. He's making the most of what he's got. Yeah. Yeah. Very resourceful. He is. We are at the Sinclair home for breakfast. Yay. Sue Sinclair tells Erica to cool it with the syrup, and Erica is having none of that. Lucas asks his dad, Charles how to make mom not mad at him (laughs) (laughs) mr sinclair tells lucas that he apologizes and gets mrs sinclair whatever she wants Mm. class act very nice mr sinclair lucas asks if he should still apologize even if mom is wrong but charles assures his son that his wife is never wrong Mm -hmm. happiest marriage in the series Lucas abruptly leaves the table without eating, claiming he is going to see Dustin. Biking to school plays while mm-hmm. Lucas speeds off past Claudia Henderson, who is outside calling for Musie. Yikes. Can we just talk about the squelching sound of the vine transitioning to the squirting of the maple syrup? <laughs> wow, I didn't even, th- like, I knew it was there, I guess, subconsciously, but I did not think about it. That's amazing. Yeah, it's disgusting. I just love this scene so much. Eli and I quote it all the time. He'll just be like, your mother is never wrong, son. I'm like, that's right. That's me. <laughs> it's just nice to see inside the Sinclair home, too. It is. I know, we, we don't never get, get that. No. 
we've this is our first time seeing them probably since the funeral when they were different people right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it literally says that on their wikipedia because i looked up what their first names were because i wasn't sure if we ever heard it in the show mm-hmm. that's why i called them by first name here and like in their little wiki articles it's like yeah they did appear in the funeral episode, but they were different people. Like, different actors. Completely different actors. <laughs> Who's going to know? Yeah. Also, um, at the table, Mr. Sinclair is reading the same newspaper that appears in Mad Max with Baby Faye's baboon heart on the front page. Oh. Yes. He's also, isn't it the Hawkins Post? Yes. Is he reading that garbage? I know. Boo. Well, we don't know Bro. that they're like a, a tabloid, basically, until next season. So, Claudia comes inside as dustin is on a fake phone call <laughs> dustin tells her that muse was spotted in Loch Nora, and claudia should go out there to look while he stays home in case somebody calls again claudia leaves and dustin immediately begins to prepare to lure dark into his basement the best scene it really is and it's, it's uh, it makes me sad too but it's okay suiting up in hockey gear and leaving a trail of salami he flings open his bedroom door and immediately runs outside locking himself in the shed he watches as dart makes his way out the front door eating his trail of salami as dart reaches his last salami how many times am i going to say salami? i don't know <laughs> why you keep saying salami i don't know why either i keep saying it i'll stop All saying right. salami now no nope, you just did <laughs> i did it again anyway uh, he reaches his last one at the basement <laughs> at the basement door, <laughs> and Dart Dart hears Dustin and turns to quote unquote look at him without eyes, with no eyes. <laughs> Panicking, Dustin runs out from the shed, screaming and smacks poor Dart into the basement with a hockey stick, apologizing. It's so good. It's it, just so good. It is so good, and I I hate that I feel this way, but like. Like, I felt sorry for Dart. He thought he Me was just too. a tasty snack, not betrayal from his only friend in this world. I, I literally said, he's so cute. I know. Like, when he gets scared when Dustin comes out screaming and he, like, turns mm-hmm. and starts running, it it hurt my feelings. Like, it made, I know. it made me sad. I know. And he's so colorful. I know. He's cute. He looks pretty. He does. And he sounds like my stomach when I eat too much gluten. Like, he's just, <laughs> like... He's like making all sorts of noises. It's just the cutest. He's cute. I I I just couldn't. It made me sad. I legit like had to look away when he when he hits him in there and he, and he I know. Oh, he looks so sad. I know. Uh, I didn't like Dustin it. Dustin feels bad though. He does. He's like, I'm sorry. You ate my cat. <laughs> I'm sorry, you ate my cat. <laughs> Which And then he's like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> With his little lisp, I love it. Yeah. Also, I mean, yeah, if, if a creature <clears throat> ate Bernie, I, I would be throwing hands and hockey mm. sticks as well. So And, and salami. And salami. I did yeah. it again. <laughs> the only other thing is that um, apparently Muse is a female cat. I did not know this. I, I've been calling Muse a he this entire time. Muse is such a feminine name. I guess it is. Yeah. Like, I didn't really think about it, but it is. Because yeah. when they're talking about Muse, uh, Claudia and Dustin in the beginning, like, Dustin is calling her mm-hmm. her yeah yeah the only other thing i was gonna say is that gearing up is playing that was it yeah the absolute banger it is a banger dustin was gearing up he was you put suiting up but that's fine yeah okay fair (laughs) i i also just like we already said it in the (laughs) scene description but in my notes i just put looks at you with no eyes (laughs) (laughs) It just like makes me laugh when he like turns and there's no eyes. <laughs> He's just like he can hear. Yeah. 
But yeah, he's a cute, he's a cute little dart. I know, it makes me sad. And Dustin is so cute in this scene too. This is like, I feel like we've been kind of hating on Dustin because he's made some really bad decisions so far this season. And to me, this scene like rekindles our Dustin mm-hmm. love. It's like, this is why we love this kid. Yes, like Dustin, the Dustin we know and love is coming back. Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry. You ate my cat. <laughs> I know. Like, he just feels so guilty, but he, he knows what he has to do. Yeah. It's a it's a top top tenor. It is. <laughs> All right. So on the side of the highway, a nice man in a big truck drops off Eleven and tells her to apologize to her mom for being away for so long. She must be worried. Elle knocks on the door, getting shooed away by her Aunt Becky pretty quickly. Elle uses her powers to unlock the chain lock on the inside of the door and lets herself in, asking to see Mama. aunt becky looks like she's seen a ghost understandably inside the ives house terry sits in front of the tv reciting her cycle of words Elle tries to speak to her and terry briefly looks her in the eyes but she continues reciting (laughs) rainbow sunflower 450 i have uh several questions yeah why is terry muttering to herself now but was not muttering to herself in season one hmm like when they go to visit her when hopper and joyce go to the ives house in season one to learn about mk ultra they see terry she's not muttering to herself hmm. but this time she is so what changed yeah, that's a great question that i'm not sure has an in-universe answer <laughs> <laughs> i just was wondering what changed here it's a good question yep yeah my guess is that they just didn't know what they were gonna do with her yet but. They needed they needed a vessel yeah. to tell her story, so they were like, let's make her mutter. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, and thank goodness the man in the big truck was a nice man. Yes, thank God. Scary. Don't hitchhike, kids. It is not safe. That's my nope. PSI for today. Nope. No hitchhiking. Also, we finally come to this chain lock scene. Oh, true. Right? We were talking about it so much because of the Demogorgon chasing will mm-hmm. in the vanishing of will byers using the chain lock on the buyer's door opening it up how is the demogorgon doing that is that vecna like it's yes. just such specific imagery yeah i think i said this in the last episode but i'm interested to see what exactly the connection is between l's powers and the powers of the creatures of the upside down yeah for sure so jonathan and nancy drive up to what appears to be an abandoned warehouse and knock on the door they are greeted by an eccentric man by first and last name and invited inside murray shows them his command central which looks like a conspiracy theorist's dream nancy Mm -hmm. points out that murray's timeline is incorrect and that the girl with the shaved head is not russian but from hawkins lab it never made sense to me how murray knew jonathan and nancy's names until i realized this time around that he was investigating this for barb's parents right right it's just little things that i never pieced together interesting okay yeah Yeah. uh when he has them like look to the camera i just had Mm -hmm. to say ring doorbell dupe because he was ahead of his time this is just a security camera <laughs> ahead of his time ta- okay yeah i guess to be fair it wasn't like attached no no yeah it wasn't really attached to the doorbell but it did have an intercom so you know he had all the it elements did. he of did a ring doorbell. yeah i also love 
that we in this scene and our next scene we get the the like the cluing in of two new characters oh, like we true. get yeah we get murray and max kind of brought into the fold here yeah very true yep over on murray's board uh i found a couple interesting articles that i thought i'd point mm. out yeah. so he had the article about will's quote-unquote resurrection he had uh several articles about benny's fake suicide oh interesting i didn't yeah. see that he had one called three local hunters missing one called boys still missing and a picture of the store where where l shattered the doors just a picture Ooh. of the store. yeah yeah he was on it he was he like he had all the pieces he just couldn't make them connect speaking of connect the dots is playing wow that is very apt great great song choice there yep connect the dots very nice i also was trying to look at the timeline because nancy's like your timeline is wrong i was trying to look at the timeline and determine what about it was wrong me too but then i realized like i wouldn't know that because i wasn't there true i right only nancy would know that yeah right i guess that's fair quite literally though like literally only nancy would know yeah when nancy got to the the hollands when barb picked up nancy like literally only nancy would have that information that is very true i never considered that yeah yeah she would be the only one able to say so over at the arcade billy drops off max antagonistically somehow max finds that her favorite arcade game is out of order and our favorite greasy arcade employee keith lets her know that there is a working one in the back max follows him to the back which side note girl no it's creepy it is very creepy don't do that but it's the 80s so i guess we'll let it slide okay max follows him to the back revealing lucas ready to talk to her she reluctantly enters the room angrily confronting him about his ruse she (laughs) he asks her if she accepts the risk and she says she does no girl so many mistakes (laughs) are made by max in this you do not except the risk so many mistakes uh yeah she clearly has no idea what she's signing up for but she accepts the risk she sits down as lucas begins his story telling max that will never got lost in the woods but somewhere else i feel like i mean you kind of said this just now this is a pivotal scene yeah this is like the catalyst to so much it really is like without max being clued in like uh, there's so much that would not have happened literally so much would not have happened the rest of this series would not have played out as it does if these two right now did not make this decision absolutely it's crazy to think of everything that's riding on max accepting the risk and lucas choosing to clue her in yes which he should not have done but at the same time i understand why he did that brings me to another question i have is do we feel that Lucas looping Max in is at all selfishly motivated or do we think it was purely to make her feel integrated? I think it's probably a little of both. Same. Yeah. Because Lucas does ask his dad, you know, what do you, what do you do to make her not mad at you? So like he is trying to make her not mad, which to me feels like more like the selfish motivations but I yeah. do also think he has sympathy for her that she feels mm-hmm. left out. Agreed. 
I don't think it's either or. Yeah, it's definitely a little of both. I had to say, Billy tells Max that she's going to walk home if she's late as if that's a punishment. I would literally crawl. I'd rather crawl home (laughs) 10 miles in the snow than get in Billy's car ever. (laughs) Shit bird. (laughs) That made me laugh. I was like, what the heck is that insult? (laughs) It's a Billy insult. It's just a shit bird, right? Like, what is that? It's like almost cute. Like, I feel like if, if like like me or my sister called each other that like it would be funny and cute but like since yeah it's so the context mean, yeah <laughs> right it's all about the context yeah but yeah I, I i literally there's so much i would rather do than get in billy's car for even a, a second ever at least as max right even as like some of these girls he's picked like i think later in the or maybe it happened already i don't remember but like at some point in the season he mm-hmm. like puts a girl in the car and then he drives mm-hmm. off and she looks scared yeah yeah because isn't she like isn't that your sister he's like don't ever call her <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what he does and she's like all right dude okay. anyway <laughs> are there child locks on these doors because i'm just gonna fling myself out it's all about the happy screams it's all about the happy screams i know i i good i hope for her that there were some good for her <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah but before we before just one last thing it's very important um do you accept the risk is playing oh and it is 26 seconds long (laughs) thank you (laughs) the entire song is 26 seconds that's it 26 seconds back at the buyers will continues drawing aggressively to show joyce where he saw hopper she and Mike run around the house looking for where in their batship map it belongs. They find it on the fridge, but unfortunately they lack context for where here is. They hear a car pull up outside and Joyce realizes it's Bob. He kindly offers some board games and brain teasers for Will while he is sick, but Joyce tries to get rid of him. Before he leaves, she realizes Bob the Brain might actually come in handy right now. Will is drawing on wrapping paper at this point. I said that too. I I love the detail that like they ran out of paper. They ran out of paper. Yeah. He's also drawing so hard that he made a hole in the paper. <laughs> there is a hole like at the top corner of the paper. Somebody tell this boy that we understand. Like it's fu- you don't have to do that. You can be gentler. <laughs> Like, someone get him some, like, colored pencils so maybe he could just kind of, like, lightly... They would snap in half. he'd be snapping them. That's Maybe some watercolors. (laughs) The paper would just be soaked. (laughs) It's falling apart. Some pastels. Yeah, maybe that would be good. (laughs) Some charcoal. I don't know. Something besides crayons. Not working. Also, I just want Bob to be Will's dad already. He's so cute. The, like, that's my name. I love... Like, he just got, like, brutally rejected by Joyce, and he's, he's, that's my name, like, Bob. He kind of reminds me of a sim, (laughs) because it's like, he he doesn't remember anything about the previous reaction. Like, he's just reset. (laughs) And he's like, oh, does somebody call me? Yeah, that's me. He does does this several times in the next couple of scenes, too. Yeah, he just hard resets. He does. He really does. (laughs) Like, on a dime such a jovial man he really is i just he's so cute i love him all right back inside bob is stunned and trying to take in what will has drawn understandable 
Joyce reminds him that he agreed to ask no questions. Joyce and Mike show Bob his objective, find the ex. He pulls Joyce aside and tells her she can talk to him about anything. He's concerned about Will and Joyce's well-being. While talking to her, he recognizes the shape of Lover's Lake, which gives him the context he needs to map out the rest of the path. It's a map of Hawkins, but not... (laughs) Wow, that was so good. Thank you. (laughs) But not on the roads, and it avoids water. Hmm. Interesting. He's like an Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> he's in the middle he, of this, like, serious he, He's like, Joyce, there's something seriously... It's Lover's Lake. <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened? You were just about to do a... Single-handedly intervene in right. this dysfunction, and then you're like, it's Lover's Lake. Like, <laughs> like Bob. Bob, is, Bob seems to be the only one being like, oh, hold on. Like, literally, what is going on right now? And then he's just like, what? is that lover's lake i i and i i also have to i have to appreciate when he's like what's at the x is it pirate's treasure yep that this is the this is a the goonies reference yes it is yeah even though you haven't seen it that's okay that's fine i know that it's a reference yeah. anyone it's all could, that matters anyone could understand that yeah. yeah um i also have to like snap back in sometimes and like really think about the fact that i am watching winona Ryder and sean astin like going head to head in this show yeah and it, it is very impressive watching them it together. it is it is it doesn't always feel like it's winona yeah it's fun to remember that sometimes also i wonder if the recognition of lover's lake of all the places lover's mm-hmm. lake is significant because probably lover's lake is like a very important place in season four yeah hmm. and i mean i guess it could have gotten to kind of like chicken or the egg right like was was lovers like a coincidence was it just randomly selected in season two and then brought back around in season four or was did they always plan to bring it back around in season four so they plopped the reference into season two you know what i'm saying yeah it could be who knows i also never really again i don't know for some reason just watching it this time is making a lot more sense to me that's weird it never made sense to me what the vines what he meant like that they were avoiding water and i was like then then why does it it just didn't make sense but that's the reason why they're around the lake right that's why there's the shape of the lake because it, it would just go under it if right that, if that wasn't an issue right so yeah. it, it's all making sense yes it's just taken me 730 <laughs> watch throughs <laughs> that's okay to understand amazing down in the tunnels hopper is trying desperately to reach anyone on his radio he stops in his tracks when he stumbles upon a room full of skeletal remains and what appears to be a dying rabbit He continues through that room and holds his lighter to the vines on the wall, realizing they avoid fire. He makes a makeshift torch out of a leg bone and a jacket (laughs) sleeve, making an opening that he can break through to get out. The leg bones connected to the jacket sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) Calf bone and calf bones connect to the foot bone and foot. Okay. Yep. All that. (laughs) I just can't figure out what made Hopper decide to hold the flame to the vines in the first place. It's a good question. It's very Indiana Jones. Right? It seems like a weird instinct. I mean, not that weird, but like, still I wonder. Unless unless Nancy and Jonathan were like, this thing didn't like fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they did already burn it in season one. Yeah. We also get like really important pieces of information in the last two scenes that these things avoid water and they also avoid flame. Yes. So we get we get all of this information. Very true. 
Yep. And looking for a way out is playing. That makes sense. It does. He is because his entry hole closed. Stop. Not his entry <laughs> hole again. I can't with the entry hole. <laughs> Not the entry hole. <laughs> okay. Dustin is burying his poor cat in the backyard and rifling through cleaning supplies while calling a code red over and over on his radio. Erica eventually answers, telling Dustin that she has a code for him and it is code shut your mouth. <laughs> Did you notice that Hop and Dustin are both calling code oh, red? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's funny. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't either until until this. I was wow. like, oh, they're both calling Code Red on their separate walkies. Yeah. Nobody's answering. Too bad they're not on the same channel, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, why didn't Lucas bring his radio with him? Do don't they do that a lot? I guess because he was going to tell Max all this stuff. Yeah. He didn't want it with him. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think that the friends know that he's on this covert ops mission to tell Max everything. True. I guess he wouldn't want to be reached. Yeah. Makes sense. I never caught Dustin burying Muse as like another Dig Dug reference. Oh, me either. Like he's <laughs> kind of yeah. a little bit. Yeah. My last thing is that we get to this is the beginning of Dustin's isolation from the rest of the friend group that we essentially get for the next season and a half. True. Like in its own way, like we get him isolated from the rest of the kids and it all happened after he lied about Dart. Mm hmm. And it's just funny because this comes up again, but eventually Billy says to Max, like, you know what happens when you lie. And it just feels like everybody's paying the price of their lies this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Well, speaking of paying the price for lying, over at the Ives <laughs> residence. Oh, dear. <laughs> Yikes. Aunt Becky is trying to figure out where Eleven has been all these years. Elle asks about her mother's mental state, and Aunt Becky tells her she thinks she is stuck in a long dream. Elle gets emotional, and Aunt Becky tells her that Terry always believed that her daughter was out there. She shows Elle her baby nursery that they never even dismantled. Oh, thank you. I know. Gross, right? That is so creepy. Becky assures Elle that they can get her a real bed, and she's welcome to stay. But oh, she, kind. I know. But she needs her to talk. Can we... Aunt Becky is just full housing me. Lori Laughlin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aunt Becky. I just... I can't, like, not see Lori Laughlin. Yeah. Not in jail, in full house. <laughs> <laughs> the good, the good one. <laughs> when she was yeah. so good. Yeah. I like that Elle at the, is just ignoring all of her questions. <laughs> totally ignoring them. <laughs> just ignoring. asking her own questions. She's like, yeah, okay. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with her? Is she okay? <laughs> like, also there's a sandwich on the table in front of Elle that she clearly has not touched. Maybe she doesn't want it. Maybe she's allergic to peanut butter. It looks like PB&J. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Not that she's allergic, but yeah. that it is PB&J. Right? <laughs> and again, I just have to, like, what does Becky think happened here? Like, she just left the house one day and then was delivered back to Aunt Becky in this state. Like, well, yeah, it's a good question. Like, did she just chalk it up to a breakdown after the miscarriage or something? But we're going to get here in the next couple scenes. This whole This whole thing makes me very sus of becky mm. this whole thing really? makes me it does okay yes yeah um I, I it's not right just now but okay. i will come back to it but okay i'm sus I, i'm i'm intrigued yeah it's okay. i don't know something is off here all right something all right. is off i'm ready 
Yeah. Behind Aunt Becky, Elle notices a light in the hallway flickering, which Becky tells her happens from time to time. You know, old wiring, whatever. Mm, mm -hmm. The lights begin to flicker in a path, which Elle (laughs) follows all the way back to her mom in the living room. Elle realizes Terry's nose is bleeding, and the channels begin flickering until they reach static. She wants to talk. I love this spooky little scene. I know. It's so cute. It's like spooky in like a in like a nice way because it's like, oh my god, they have the same powers. Yeah. It, it's also very holly jolly. It is. Right? Like, like following holly, lights. you're following the lights through the household. Yeah. Does this lose you at all? Because it loses me a little bit. Well, I said, does, does Becky never notice Terry's nose bleeding? Or I don't know, the very clear path that the lights have made for her. Like... <laughs> She's like whatever the opposite of a tinfoil hat wearer is. That's, that's what she is. <laughs> that's Becky. Complete She's just like, a, like a straw hat wearer. Yes, like a, a skeptic of the highest order. Yeah. No, I I don't know. Like to me, what confuses me about this part particularly is was Terry always gifted? Is that why Brenner ends mm. up like finding her to begin with? Is this? I always thought Elle became gifted. As a result of Terry undergoing the experiments. Right. But this seems to make it like it's almost genetic. Right. Like, like Terry has gifts, therefore Elle has gifts. Right, because they're the same. Like It's the same exact gift. Yeah, they operate exactly the same. Right. So, yeah, it's definitely a little suspicious. Like, And I, I that's, again, another major question that I want answered in season five. Like, how are these kids made? And yeah. what and what did MK Ultra have to do with it? If anything. Right. If 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 it was maybe just a cover, who knows? But who knows? That's a great point. Maybe yeah. it was a cover. A cover of a cover. I a mean co- like Right. Like it's it's just it's scary but familiar. Yeah. Like Murray there you says. Go. Yep. So Imagine if this was all just a big watering it down. This is the watered down version. <laughs> yes, the MK Ultra <laughs> part is the watered down version. But I mean scientist doctor man breeds young man's children with other females to make many more telekinetic children like i'm sorry that headline just doesn't really doesn't hit that sounds like it should be in like the examiner you know like not real nope but scientists working on secret mk ultra thing Mm -hmm. does sound like it could be legit because we know for a fact that mk ultra is real right it's a lot more palatable yep this is Oh, imagine then, if we just like <laughs> then Brenner using Henry's sperm Stop. to breed. I hope that that's I just really hope, I hope it's really not real. So anyway, I would be very intrigued to see if we just like <laughs> if we just theorize something correctly. I don't know. That'd be wild. All right, we're back over at the buyers, and Mike, Joyce, and Will are trying to help Bob create a scale so they can accurately measure distance on the map. Joyce really twists Bob's arm into being ready to go find Hopper before he is certain about the map distances, but they head out anyway. Mm-hmm. I just cannot wrap my brain around this math. Me either. I have no the, idea what the he's scale. Measuring. I don't know. Like the if if in the house Lovers Lake is this many feet from Sadler's Quarry, how does that translate to to miles? Yeah, I guess like he is like he knows in his mind or he's looking at a regular map yeah in his in his mind brain uh he's looking <laughs> his at a mind brain he's looking at a regular map and determining mm-hmm. the distance between the two points in real life and mm-hmm. then determining the distance between the two points in the house mm-hmm. and then figuring out a ratio 
So like, no, thank you. Right. That sounds awful. But it, it like it makes sense to me. But I just really, really hate math. So it sounds like a really bad time. No, I didn't pass algebra. I yeah. I, I don't know if this has anything to do with algebra, but I didn't pass algebra. I barely passed every math I've ever taken in my life. <laughs> so my senior year math teacher once said in front of the entire class when I answered a question incorrectly, and I quote, it's a good thing you're pretty. So why did you take math senior year? You know why. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's a stupid question. And if you're listening, if you're out there, I know you're listening to. Thank you very much for that, aunt. Nobody needed to take math their senior year. <laughs> I know. It's true. But hey, look at we me digress. now. We digress. There you are. <laughs> I made it. Anyway. So, hey, look, Ma. RIP panic. Anyway. Yikes. So I had never noticed this prior to this watch, and I could be totally making this up, but you know how in season four, I feel like they kind of used wardrobe to show us what Max was going through. Like, she was dressing mm-hmm. a little, like, more... She was less caring about what she was wearing in season four. She was more dressed down. Her jeans didn't really fit. Versus season three. Right, where she was like, you know, wearing cute, stylish outfits. Mm -hmm. She had her hair always in braids, cute, whatever. I feel like they're kind of doing the same thing with Mike in this season. Hmm. Like, Interesting. He's just been wearing kind of this like oversized plain zip up. Like his jeans are like not really fitting well. He just looks like he's kind of not caring as much. Yeah. And... I I don't know. I could be totally making that up, but it just stuck out to me and I thought I'd mention it. I mean, we know he's going through it missing L, so mm-hmm. it would not surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. He's so. feeling out of sorts. Yeah. So Dustin frantically knocks on the Wheeler's door looking for Mike or Nancy. Dustin lets Ted know that he is a useless son of a bitch because he has no idea where his children are. As <laughs> Dustin walks away, he runs into Steve arriving with flowers for Nancy. Dustin hijacks that trip and convinces Steve he needs his help right now. Stustin is a go. Here we go, everybody. Here's Stustin. <laughs> the best bromance of the se- the series. Amazing. Yeah. It's got to be Stustin, right? Yeah. Not, Not like... Deve. Deve. <laughs> it's Not like Deve. terrible. I hate Deve. <laughs> I don't like Deve at all. No. Also, I like that language is the only complaint that Ted has mm-hmm. about this interaction. Oh, my God. Dustin called him a useless, like, I don't know what he's, like, he calls him useless, basically. And he's like, language, that's all you care about, man? I like how he's like, does he say, haven't you heard or don't you know? Our children don't live here anymore. (laughs) Such a dad comment. And then it's like, it's like, he asks Karen where Mike is. And she's like, Wills. And then he's like, and where's Nancy? And she's like, Allie's. (laughs) <laughs> she's just so done so over she's it. like over this man so over this man she becomes but she's more fabulous more. and beautiful oh yes the hair and the wine amazing good for her it's on her phone the line your line what does he say mr wheeler your line has been busy <laughs> for two hours <laughs> and, I know. and ted's like i, I know <laughs> this isn't this is good this whole just, thing top to bottom i'm just imagining ted being like all right, do I want my phone or do I want to have to talk to my wife? Yeah, eh. pick one. Yeah, I'll just let her have the phone. <laughs> yep, she can have the phone and the wine. Yeah. There is a problem. What is the problem? When Dustin and Steve are meeting on the lawn, mm-hmm. there is a song playing and it is called Journalistic Instinct Ooh. and it is from the season four soundtrack. <laughs> what? <laughs> when I heard, because I've listened to the season four soundtrack a bit, and the journalistic instinct is like 
a cute little twinkly song that plays like number three. It is journalistic instinct playing in season two. And this song plays when Nancy is in her journalism mode in season four in the, in the first episode. That makes sense. It's the same song. I bet you they wrote this for season Mm -hmm. two and then like Mm -hmm. had nowhere else to put it. And then Mm -hmm. it probably ended up in, in the sound, the, the soundtrack dealer. And then they did something with it and put it in season four. Yeah, because it's on the season four soundtrack, but it's not on the season two soundtrack. Because it would make no sense for it to even be called that in season nope. two. Like, even if they just, they had it and they didn't put it on the soundtrack, it definitely yep. was not called that because that would make no sense. Nope. Because they weren't journalists yet. Nope. So, yeah, I thought that was funny. I was like, excuse me, why is this song playing? Yeah, that is weird. The song doesn't come out for another year and a half. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> weird in the tunnels hopper is desperately trying to squeeze through the tiny hole he made before he <laughs> what have you done with hopper scenes in this chapter He's squeezing through holes what do you oh, want oh goodness unlike jonathan who can't get his yeah. shit together at the motel there's a hole right there for you man <laughs> Stop right. squeezing in it Just jonathan go. has bd yes he does okay Confirmed. Just gonna leave just gonna leave that there <laughs> he does i agree all right in the tunnels, Hopper is desperately trying to squeeze through the tiny hole he has made before he lays down. To- Stop <laughs> laughing at me. I don't know what else to say. He's trying to squeeze himself, his body, through this hole that he's digging in the side of the wall. I don't know. In the- okay, I'm going to say something else, I guess. In the tunnels, Hopper is desperately trying to squeeze through the hole he has dug before he lays down to rest for a moment. Without realizing, suddenly Hopper is overtaken by the vines and pinned down to the ground. Would you like to hear a poem? I would. Devil snare, devil snare. <laughs> it's deadly fun, but we'll sulk in the sun. Oh my gosh, it will sulk in the sun. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Hermione, for your infinite wisdom. Yes. That is what is attacking Hopper. It's devil snare. That's so true. Because if if we just got some sunlight up in there, it'd be fine. It would be pissed off like Dart was with the the heat lamp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, why is the show always trying to make us believe that Hopper is dead? There need to be some stakes. They fake us out. They fake us out a lot. There has to be some stakes. I know. That's okay. So over back at the arcade, Lucas is finishing up his story to Max. Max Mm -hmm. reveals she does not believe Lucas's story, thinking he made it up to impress her. Lucas explains to Max that in their group, friends don't lie. They argue with Max loudly joking that the Hawkins lab people or the Demogorgon or Eleven is going to come after them. Max. Right? Lucas cuts her off mid-sentence by physically covering her mouth, causing her to realize he might not actually be joking after all. She asks him to prove it, but Lucas can't. She runs outside as Billy pulls up, telling Lucas not to follow her, but Billy sees him anyway. I still think at this point, we as the audience don't know how to feel about Max. Yeah. First through, first watch through, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it pisses us off that she's like poo-pooing this. Okay, but like, if you put yourself in her position, <laughs> I would I would probably be pretty skeptical too. I Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I also think that with the context of season four now, we obviously want her to remain ignorant. I know, I wish. But she's totally in the right. This sounds batshit. Absolutely wild. And, like, I think going into it with the context of knowing that, like, Lucas and Dustin are obviously kind of into her, like, Mm -hmm. I would be 
even skeptical. more skeptical yeah yeah like you're just trying to impress me like doesn't she even say that she's like yeah to impress me good like, job yeah something like that yeah that you could like go back to your friends and tell them that you did a good job or and whatever mm-hmm. yeah 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 also photos in the woods when when billy appears always such a worry song it is so creepy and and unsettling anyway everybody is always lying proclaiming that friends don't lie yes right that's true there's a lot of lying going on in this friend group but like i mean to be fair it's like like lucas says it's like a lot of times it's little white lies to further their plot or agenda or (laughs) i don't know but i feel like it's never anything like major major that they're lying about no i guess not i mean i think that lucas not telling the rest of the party that he's gonna clue max in mm-hmm. is a pretty it's not a lie it's an om- omission yeah, right that's true i think dustin not you know handling dart that was bad is a, is bad mm-hmm. no offense to will but i do think him keeping the mind flares influence over him is like also an omission like mm. there's a lot of i mean we've talked about this a million times it's just a lot of secrecy yeah a lot of but also friends don't lie well which is it kids right do they lie or not i don't know i'm confused me too well let's check back in with murray and them so nancy plays murray the tape of owens confessing to barb's death nancy asks if it's incriminating murray silently gets up from the couch and walks to the kitchen to make himself some vodka on the rocks delicious Mm. nancy is annoyed by what appears to be indifference murray puts on music and lazily walks around his apartment Nancy and Jonathan confront this behavior, and Murray tells him that he believes them, but it's the rest of the world that won't. Back in the kitchen, he pours some water into his drink because it's too strong, leading Nancy and Murray to realize that they can tell the world a watered-down truth. I think Max's disbelief is the perfect example of what happens when you don't water it down. Oh, wow. Yeah, those scenes back-to-back. I never really Mm -hmm. caught that, but that's so true. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, we see firsthand what happens when you tell someone who is not in the loop mm-hmm. about what's going on. Yeah, and Lucas did not sugarcoat at all, I have to imagine. Right. Which, like, good for him, trying to tell her the exact truth. Right. But you see the ineffectiveness of it. Yeah. It doesn't really work. The truth doesn't work, and friends don't lie. No, they do not. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a conflict. It's really tough. I like that Murray seems to consider Nancy his intellectual equal. Yes, I I got that vibe as well. Like, he, he speaks to her like she is a smart person. I mean, mm-hmm. Jonathan, too, but he's not as involved. No, and I also like that Murray speaks to Nancy because oftentimes people will just ignore the woman. Yeah. They will just speak to the man in the room. Especially if it's another man. Yes, for sure. And Murray talks right to Nancy. And Nancy's the one who clicks it all together. Yep. We water it down. Yep. And Jonathan's like, what? <laughs> congratulations oh my god what an idiot also it is one thing to live in a bunker that's fine live your best life murray but why do you live in squalor that's what i want to know he just he doesn't care he's just (laughs) like you don't have to live like this it's a choice that he makes and it's definitely a a, it's a choice for sure it is it is a choice (sighs) Uh, all right Over at Hawkins' lab, a lab tech tells Owens they didn't find anything suspicious in their tests of the soil from the pumpkin patches. The tech then shows Owens what happens to the soil when held to a flame. All of the soil samples, including those not exposed to the flame, begin spinning in their test tubes. Why? I said the same thing. Do we... What's happening? 
it's a hive mind well yeah but like what like are the particles just trying to escape the heat of the flame like is that what it is yeah oh okay i heard occam's razor where'd you hear that from the grapevine (laughs) (laughs) yeah they told you the grapes grapes told you (laughs) amazing the grapes of red i'm glad they told you yeah all right back over at the ives Becky is cutting up a cloth for Elle to use as a blindfold so she can enter her void and see what her mom wants her to see. This is a doozy. This is a doozy. Once inside, Elle walks up to Terry, still in her chair. She scarily grabs her arm, saying, no. Elle sees a younger, pregnant Terry bleeding as Becky tells her to breathe and that the ambulance is on their way. At the hospital, Terry gives birth, and the attending doctor is re- revealed to be Toby Flenderson from The Office. I mean, Martin Brennan. <laughs> I wish you watched The Office so you could understand. He looks just like him, but that's just okay. me, I don't know. Um, anyway, Terry awakens and sees a tearful Becky at her side and some sunflowers. Becky tells Terry that she miscarried, which Terry doesn't believe, leading to a nurse tranquilizing her. We then see Terry opening a safe, turning three to the right, four to the left, then loading a gun frantically and arriving at Hawkins' lab. She attempts to sneak in, but shoots a guard when she is caught. She begins wandering the halls looking for Jane, finding a young L playing with another young girl we've never seen in a room with a rainbow on the door. Guards capture Terry and Marty B requests that she be basically electronically lobotomized with 450 volts, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) We now have all the pieces of her cyclical dream. Rainbow, sunflower, breathe, three to the right, four to the left, 450. Elle wakes up from her trance, horrified to learn about their pasts. That's a lot. It was a lot. Why does Terry say no when Elle tells her she's home? right i wonder if it's because well she sh- like Elle awakens from that w- with the conclusion that terry wants her to find eight or collie really yeah because she's like who is this girl and then remember her and and becky go through kind of like her old files and that's how she finds the picture of collie okay all right yeah. it's coming back to me yeah so i think that terry is trying to tell her like no 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 you're not staying here you gotta go well, that's why I'm like kind of sus of Becky because also, how does Terry end up at Hawkins National Lab and not the hospital? Maybe or is she... Brenner at the hospital? Yeah, my guess is that Brenner was at because yeah, I think Brenner is at the hospital because when she wakes up from the quote unquote miscarriage, she says he was there. So mm-hmm. I think it was somewhere he wasn't supposed to be. Unless Becky had her brought to Hawkins, maybe. I don't know. I don't like Becky. Yeah, you feel like... Something's wrong. Right? Like, who is this oblivious? Also, I actually had the question of, like, this obviously doesn't happen yet in this episode, but, like, when Becky calls, like, social services, like, what the hell are you calling social services for? That's what I mean. You know who that is. Yeah. Right. Like, I literally do not trust her. And I I also... The only reason I brought up the the no part is, like, does does Becky... Does Terry also not trust her sister at this point that she's telling Elle, like, no, you don't stay here? you're not home maybe i don't know i'm i don't like becky yeah because i do feel like there's a weird emphasis on like like this being her yes. home and yeah and terry saying no definitely mm-hmm. makes us question hmm. and like why would you offer l we'll get you a real bed and then call social services right that's just weird to me like i don't understand i could see where the the susness is coming in yeah i don't know it's weird it is weird weirdness <clears throat> 
this child who's playing Jane slash Elle looks nothing like Millie Bobby Brown. I agree. Nothing. Just, it, she looks more like Holly. Yeah, it's a different child. Like a little blonde baby. Yeah. Terry, just, you found the wrong one. That's not your kid, girl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What a, what a scene. So over in uh, the car, in Joyce's car, Joyce drives as Bob attempts to read his terrible map with Will and Mike in the backseat. Will suddenly closes his eyes, bursts them open, and yells for Joyce to turn right immediately. They turn right and do a little off-roading right up to Hopper's police truck. Joyce tells Will and Mike to stay in the car and immediately runs to the gigantic hole that do- Hopper dug. I said he, the, he dug it with a shovel. He dug this hole in the ground. Okay. Stop it. Stop laughing at the holes. There's so many of them. It's a... What do you want in Dig Dug? <laughs> what are you not expecting? You're holes? right. I would expect nothing but holes in a, in a chapter called Dig Dug. My favorite Disney movie, Holes. <laughs> so random. Shia LaBeouf. It. Yeah, not him, but but holes. <laughs> All right. Anyway, she asks Bob to throw her the shovel and begins hacking away at the vines. She tells Bob to help her to get down there, and despite his protests, they both jump down into the tunnels and into Will's map, which Bob is giddy about. (laughs) Joyce ignores Bob while screaming for Hopper. She comes across his cigarette trail and follows it. Above ground, Mike asks Will if he sees anything in his now memories. Just as he he shakes his head no, a fleet of White Hawkins Lab fans screech into the lot. Okay. How does Bob not immediately know something is up when the vines screech upon being hit with a shovel? He doesn't care. This man is down for anything. <laughs> he's on an adventure and he's living for it. He, we're in Will's map. Yeah, he is. He is thrilled. He is so like, excited. this is great. Like he, one track mind. <laughs> he's he's just a, he is like the epitome of the golden retriever boyfriend. I'm like thinking of some weird Max Bob Murray like how they're all handling this information that they're being given oh yeah they're all handling it vastly different that is very true (laughs) bob is like wow this is awesome and max is like you're an idiot and murray's like hmm okay what do we do with this it's just like all vastly different reactions to this absolute nonsense i know so true do you catch how like mike sorry just how mike was like super spy i know it's so cute like he's really like, trying he's to make obs- him feel better i know but he's so obsessed with like people being super like superhero oh. and super spy like he's into this true i wonder if it's like i don't know this feels like something we could get into in its own episode maybe but like how in the first season nancy is all about how she lives with you know the nuclear family and it's boring yeah. and there's no adventure yeah. and maybe mike kind of has the same thing like he sure. just he wants to break out of the ordinary and he's mm-hmm. he's tired of just average escapism yeah yeah all right final scene back down in the tunnels bob and joyce finally come across hopper who is being choked by the vines <laughs> they they use his pocket knife to free him Joyce and Hopper share a romantic moment, and Hopper greets Bob. <laughs> they are hey, Bob. Oh, hey, Bob. Hey, Jim. <laughs> they are startled by a Hawkins Lab employee with a flamethrower who is ushering them out of the tunnels. Hopper doubles back for his hat, very Indiana Jones, and yes. they begin to escape. 
But as soon as the flames begin, William hits the ground, doubled over in pain, screeching, convulsing, and making a face that will forever haunt our nightmares as everyone looks on. Yeah, this chapter had like a couple spooky moments, but this this scene with Will, this is like prime spook. It reminds me so much of the first time I watched The Shining. I couldn't mm-hmm. get that face Danny makes out of my head. Mm-hmm. I forget when exactly it is, but like he makes some sort of horrified like demon possession face and it yes. just stuck with me. Yeah. This Will convulsing in the f- in the pile of weeds. It's bad. It's his face, his eyes are like rolled back in his head, his mouth is agape, he's like his whole body is shaking. I know it's so bad. I I had to wonder if like that was really Noah or if they had some mm. sort of like body double. I don't Probably know. Probably like a dummy. Yeah, maybe. Like some sort of animatronic hookup because it was something. Sh- it was shaking very violently. Yeah, there's no way that was Noah. Yeah, like it's kind of impressive actually. Yeah. There's a continuity error that I caught. Oh, no. Yeah. So when Bob goes to help Joyce get Hopper free from the vines, yeah. he puts the flashlight in his mouth to free up his hands. They sh- they show Hopper again and then cut back to Bob. And then when they show Bob again, the flashlight is no longer in his mouth. But hmm. when they cut back to Hopper, the light is shining in his face from above, even though there's no flashlight. Anyway, also there is blood spatter on the camera lens at one point when they're cutting mm-hmm. cutting the vines. And I just always love that touch yes it's, it's that 4d i know pretty cool it makes you know you feel like you're there i'm really there it's just yes. where i want to be yes in the tunnels in the upside down that's exactly where i want to be with all the holes so, so many holes <laughs> lots of holes this episode all right that's it we for did our, it for our holy scene by scene of dig dug <laughs> so let's get into our mvp and lvp i still don't have an lvp but i'm gonna come up with one in the next minute okay well, who's your who's your MVP? My MVP had to be Bob. You Same. Too? Okay. It's, it's just it's Bob for me. It has to be kids. Without him, they would have not been able to decipher this map or find nope. Hopper in time. He Hopper would have died. It's Lover's Lake. They would have they would have just gone in there like like gangbusters the 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 people with the flamethrowers and yep. they would not have known he was in there. No, he's tangled up in the devil's snare. Yeah, they would have just burned him alive. He would have been, yeah, Bob is, Hopper would be dead without yeah, Bob. Absolutely. So thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob, for your for your services. Yes. Also, we see how Bob's fate was, right? Mm-hmm. We see how Max's fate is. Sure. The only other character who's been clued in this, this chapter who hasn't met a fate is Murray. So it makes me wonder, like, will Murray eventually face a consequence of being, like, clued in? Oh, maybe yeah i don't know interesting thought so for lvp i said billy he is barely in this episode but he's always like (laughs) he's he's just so bad i had a really hard time picking an lvp for this episode and and billy's always a safe bet because he's usually terrible yeah he's like the tommy and carol of season one or the troy and james it's like it went yeah i don't know i i had like a couple of moments where i was like max and lucas Mm. but i couldn't commit because like we were saying it was just such a pivotal scene yeah and their motivations are understandable right yeah so i don't know lvp this one is hard nobody sucked that bad yeah maybe maybe ted ted <laughs> yeah ted always sucks just for being useless and perfect not adding anything to the story whatsoever that's good- at least billy adds something sure. somewhere right ted just adds nothing he just exists and makes karen's life sad 
Yeah. As Nick likes to say, Ted is a ham sandwich. <laughs> like just ham? Like ham and bread, that's it? No, yeah, just ham. Like the round ham that you can get yeah. in the pack, the prepackaged like round ham. Round ham. And white Wonder Bread. That is the most boring sandwich ever. <laughs> Not a single condiment, no cheese. That is good. That's a good description of Ted. Yep. I ham like sandwich. It. Ham sandwich. All right. Did we have any other... The only thing I had was 2023, Mm -hmm. and my only question is what this would have been like with Google Maps and not like like a handheld map. That would be really interesting. I wonder if, like, it would have been easier if you could, like, layer parts of the map over the Google Map. I don't know. Something. I don't know how it would Something would have been different. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, trying to scroll on the tiny little screen and, like, find Lover's Lake and, like... Yeah. (laughs) You will be arriving in four minutes not if we turn right right onto this field yeah it's like (laughs) cut that eta if if you see a gaping hole in the ground you have gone too far (laughs) more holes more holes all right well we did it that's all the holes we have time for today so (laughs) you know nope no more holes no more holes today (laughs) okay anyway thanks for listening this was fun (laughs) so fun so fun dig dug Till next time, everybody. Dig holes. Nope. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> All right. Stay strange. Stay strange, kids. To keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming Starcourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Instagram at Starcourt Study Hall.